Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And away we go. Hour number two of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We will chat about who's the best team in the AFC in just a second, because that answer is very tough. But real quickly, uh, Brian in the YouTube chat asked me about my Chinese food order from Sunday night. I I don't know where you guys stand on this, because my old producer, Hot Take Hickey, he was like just appalled by the fact that on a football Sunday, I like to order Chinese food, and I think it's one of the great football foods ever on a Sunday night football. As you get ready to eat some dinner and watch the game on NBC, Chinese food is always a play for me. Uh, with If you want to go General So's chicken or sesame chicken, you have to start off with an egg roll. Maybe you can get a nice little wonton soup. Last night I did the steamed dumplings as well. You get a fried rice or a lo mein, something like that. Just after you work all day or you watch football all day, and then you get ready for dinner and watch more football, I believe Chinese food Sunday night is essential. You can maybe throw a lo mein in there. If you want to do some spare ribs as well, that's also Part of the conversation, too. But where do you gentlemen stand? Stuart Kovacs and also uh, Michael Samter on Chinese food Sunday night in football season. And uh, I try to do it each and every uh, Sunday night. It's just part of like a, a religion almost and just something that I always do. I sit down on a fo- on a Sunday night football game and I just got to hit up my local Chinese spot. Yeah, that's totally fine. I, I prefer pizza, I think. Ooh. I think pizza during football, whether it's during the the lunchtime or the dinner, I think works. But I think Chinese is more than fine. I had it Friday night, but if I didn't have a Friday night, maybe uh, it would be a Sunday meal for me. When you order pizza, what kind of pizza do you order? You have to get your pizza well done. That's always something that I need is a well-done pie of pizza. But when you're sitting there on the couch and you're watching the games, you're in more of a gluttonous mood. So I don't think you just order a plain pie. No. But when Stu is sitting back... Maybe enjoying himself with the beverage or a trip to the dispensary. Who knows what Stuart Kovacs is doing? I'm not going to speculate 
What does uh, Stuart Kovacs get on his pizza in terms of a topic? Either pepperoni itself or pepperoni and some other type of meat, like a sausage or a ham, uh, some meat lovers type of pizza, but definitely pepperoni and some other type of mm. meat, I would say. I'm a big buffalo chicken guy. Ooh, that's good, but too. But you, you have to make sure that it's good buffalo chicken because it's very easy to mess up buffalo chicken. I'm not usually a big ranch guy, but my local pizza place does this chicken bacon ranch slice. And it is just to die for as well. Samter, I know you're a big foodie. I've run into Samter on the streets of New York City. I was at a wing place one day, and I see Samter walking his dog and eating food as well. Samter, football Sunday, you get one choice of, of food at night. What is the ideal order in the Samter household? I think, at least on a football Sunday, it's got to be wings, boneless, or regular wings oh, during the day. Oh, yeah. I, oh. Whichever, either or both. Right, I'm not only a boneless guy. I'll have wings. I'll have boneless. Kind of mixed up a little bit. But that's more during the day. At night, usually by the time the night comes around, I'm so just beat up from the full day that it's a lighter dinner. Santa's like, oh, make me eggs or, or make me a protein shake at night, right? <laughs> not not either of those, no. But I'll still, I'll still divulge a, a little bit. Ch- Chinese food is fine. But I feel like Chinese food on football, it just it feels not like the right time. Like Chinese food on Christmas huh. is perfect. I'm telling you, all these producers here, they have bad food takes here at CBS Sports Radio. No, Chinese food is fine, but just Chinese food and football just doesn't seem like a good combination. Pizza, I'm all for it. Wings, anything with buffalo, anything, I'm all for it. Now, we have to go back to the part where you were just like, oh, boneless wings or regular wings, it doesn't matter. If you eat wings, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, it can't be boneless. When I have wings, I need bone-in I need it to be a phenomenal wing. I, I want it to be a little extra crunchy. I am very strict with my wings. Barbill in Buffalo, some of the best wings I've ever had. This place, BVH in Barryville, New York, phenomenal as well. And you got to be dunking those drumsticks. I like drumsticks over flats. That's sometimes controversial opinion as well. You got to be dunking those drumsticks and blue cheese. Blue cheese is a must with wings. Blue cheese is definitely the ideal, but ranch is chunky good too. Chunky blue cheese. Too. Yeah, a good chunky blue cheese. But ranch is fine too. Mm, I'm not I'll, a big I'll ranch do either. Fan. It's got to be a good thick ranch. Like I hate like a soupy thin ranch. But like I don't understand this hate of boneless wings. I don't know if you saw the sign in because they're not boneless wings. They're well, chicken nuggets. I mean, it's more than just chicken nuggets. We've had this whole long discussion between nuggets and wings. But boneless wings, they're fine. You put the sauce on there. You dip it in the blue cheese or the ranch. It's freaking delicious. I like to do the work a little bit, though, when I'm having wings. Right, but so that's fine if you want to do the work. I enjoy doing the work, too. But I see this hate for boneless wings. And I don't understand it. Boneless wings are delicious. Because the bone-in wing has more flavor. for doing the work. No, but the the bone-in wing has more flavor. And it's more of a process. And there's more of an enjoyment. When you're when you're having uh, you know bone and wing compared to boneless wings where they're usually not cooked properly, like they're they're undercooked. If they're, they're cooked mushy properly, and gooey, if you go to a good place, they're cooked properly. It's totally different. It's a totally different food. It's it, not a totally different. It, food. It is totally different. It's to chicken me. smothered in sauce. There's a different taste when you have a bone in wing compared to a boneless wing. I don't even look at it as as this, uh, even close to being the same meal, even though you're saying it is chicken right with hot sauce and, and all that stuff. That's just me, though. I'm, I'm very uh, particular. The place that I wings. saw you walking out of serves both boneless and, and yes. bone-in. And, and let me tell you, the place that I was walking out of, I was dragged to. Fr- uh, a friend was going there saying how these wings were to die for. Eh. Yeah. Average. I went there once. I haven't been Average back Average at best. I've never been back. I'm not going to say the name of the place because I don't want to throw them under the bus. No, I agree with it, you. It seems like a lot of people enjoy those wings. But if 
First impressions go a long way. You could have a bad first impression and we could recover. We could still have a good relationship. But when it comes with wings, if you mess up my wings, done. Bye-bye. That's it. Well, there's two keys to the wing, right? It's the sauce and it's the way you cook the wing, right? You can have a great sauce, but the wing is under or overcooked. Mm -hmm. Or you have a great cooked wing, but the sauce is terrible. So you have to have, like, both of those. And so for me, this place that we're talking about has neither. But if you find a good place that has it cooked properly and has great sauce, and it doesn't have to be buffalo sauce, too. I'm starting to branch out with, like, Asian zing and a little bit of Cajun mm. sauces, all these different kinds of sauces that go mm. along with the wings. Oh, there's nothing better. The, the place in Buffalo, Barbell, it is a Cajun honey butter BBQ wing. Oh, hell yeah. Ooh. To die for. Oh, hell yeah. Deion Dawkins of the Bills told me to go there, and we, we actually went together, a college friend and all that. Now I sound like a name dropper and like a, a, an asshat. But anyway, we went there. Oh, incredible. And this place in Barryville, New York, BVH, I've had a listener go there before. Um, Peter Schrager's also a big fan of this place, too. And uh, the the great late uh, Junior Seau also has has gone to this place. They have this Johnny hot sauce. The, the bartender's name is Johnny. It's just like a sweet hot sauce that's to die for. I could eat like 30, 40 wings when, when I go there. Oh, and then they have this Oreo ice cream cake, too, with uh, peanut butter on it. Mm, 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 I just never understood mm. the people who will get mm. the hot wing as hot as humanly possible. Right, like you have to be able to enjoy your food too, right? There's that show Hot Ones, which is fun. Yeah. Every now and again, I'll try the really hot sauce, like one wing with the hot sauce. But the people who just like get a whole order of insanely hot wings, it's just, what's the point? How can I, I you think enjoy for it? like three or four to kind of get that thrill, it's fun. But I could not sit there and eat like a, a dozen of uh, the hottest wings ever. I, I once did a remote. I used to do a, a remote when I was at another radio station, the small AM station, 920 AM, the Jersey, which was my first jobs out of, out of college, which Stuart Kovacs ironically worked there too. Um, I was like the assistant program director. Supposedly I was Stu's boss. I never remember Stu as actual employee because Stu worked on the weekends and I only worked Monday through Friday. But Stuart Kovacs, when he came here, he was like, I know who you are from 920 The Jersey. I'm like, wow, there's actually someone that listened uh, to that show and knew <laughs> that radio station. But they would have us at remotes, and every week, right before the Thursday night game, we'd be at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Wings and they have that extreme, like, wing challenge where it's the, the hottest sa- uh, uh, sauce as imaginable. With about an hour 30 left in the show, I tried it. I could not speak for the final 90 minutes of the show. And when you do a talk show, that's not good when the talk show host and <laughs> it wasn't as if we had this great budget. Stu knows it wasn't the most, yep. uh, you know, ostentatious operation ever. And uh, there wasn't, let's say a lot of helping hands there. So when the talk show host is also the program director is not able to talk for 90 minutes and you have one engineer on site. Yeah. Not good. I have to find the sauce because anything that can shut you up for 90 minutes is something that's good for me. <laughs> Santa's going to say, hey, Spike, can we get that hot sauce uh, on tap here at CBS Sports Radio? Yeah, it's the Santa and Stu show. I love it. <laughs> All righty. Let's get to the AFC. So it, it, this happens every year in the NFL where every year in the NFL, there's one opinion that everyone shares before the start of the year. And 9.99999 times out of 10, this opinion is always wrong. A few years ago, right, the AFC West, it's going to be the greatest division ever. And we saw what happened with the AFC West a year ago. But you look at the AFC this year. Everyone before the start of the season said the AFC is so much better than the NFC. And through pretty much the first five weeks of the season, 
The Eagles are 5-0. and The 49ers are 5-0. and The only two undefeated teams in the NFL. The Buccaneers are 3-1. and The Lions are 4-1, and who defeated Kansas City earlier in the year. And, like, even the Cowboys, who were viewed as the third uh, team in the, the NFC, clearly not after last night, they're 3-2. and two. And you look uh, around the AFC, it's like you have a lot of teams with good records. The Dolphins 4-1. and one, But once when the Dolphins start get to be praised as the best team in the AFC, they get blown out by the Buffalo Bills. The Bills just blew out the Dolphins, as I was talking about. And then the Bills go to London, and they lay an egg uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Steelers are somehow 3-2. and two. No one believes in the Steelers. The Ravens... I uh, just threw that game away yesterday, and now people who were in on the Ravens at 3-1 and one are now out on the Ravens at 3-2. and two. Jacksonville didn't show up when they were at home against Kansas City, and they only had nine points, but then Jacksonville beats Buffalo yesterday. Kansas City still sitting there at 4-1, and one, and like no one's talking about Kansas City outside of Taylor Swift. So I go around, and I evaluate all these teams in the AFC. Before the start of the season, we would all say, who are the three best teams in the AFC? And every single person would tell you, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati. And then also, even though people were out on Buffalo, Buffalo was still viewed as the third best team in the AFC entering this season. And that's the other thing. Like the Bengals, I know they won yesterday, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you now that the Bengals are back at two and three. Go beat Seattle next week, get to three and three, and then you could prevent the ship from sinking for now. But when I look around the AFC... And I'm really trying to contemplate who's the best team in the AFC. They may not have the best roster, but isn't this shaping up for another year of the Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl? We're sure Travis Kelsey gets hurt yesterday, then comes back, scores a touchdown. Uh, When he had that non-contact injury, I thought maybe his season would be over or bare minimum he'd be out multiple weeks. He returns after halftime and scores a tutty in the second half. And that defense, outside of one game, has done a really good job this year. And if we're looking at Kansas City, and if we're saying Kansas City's vulnerable, and no one's going to knock them out, no one's going to take them out, no one's going to expose their vulnerabilities, we just saw this script last year. Where people question Kansas City all throughout the season, and then at the end of the season, Kansas City's in the Super Bowl, they're in the final game of the NFL season, and even when they were down to the Philadelphia Eagles, they still found a way to get the job done. As long as 15 and 87 remain healthy, Right now, they're still the team that I have the most confidence in in the AFC. Because, right, you could tell me Buffalo loses one game early in the season. But then after Buffalo blows out Miami, I know the Jaguars are a solid team. But that offense just went in a totally other direction. Miami, they have a a potent offense. But this Miami team up against Buffalo didn't even look like they belonged on the field. I can't trust anyone in the AFC North. In the AFC South, I wanted to trust Jacksonville. I'm more open to trusting Jacksonville after Buffalo, but that game up against Kansas City where Kansas City didn't score much, you know, many points, where was this Jacksonville offense? And anyone else in the AFC West, they can't compete with Kansas City consistently. The Broncos stink. They're a joke. The Raiders are horrible. Sorry, Stu. And then you look at the Chargers. They won two games, but they should have lost both those games that they've won because uh, Kirk Cousins and Aiden O'Connell couldn't get the ball in the end zone after Staley gave them a gift. So I look around the AFC right now. I get it. On paper, the Bills look like a better team. The Dolphins look like a better team. But as long as you have 15 and 87, I know they're showing up. I know they'll find a way to get the job done. And until someone takes them out when it matters in the postseason, and we've seen teams come close. Texans, they had a 24-point lead. Didn't matter. Bills, 10-point lead. Didn't matter. Bills, 
up uh, with 14 seconds, uh, 13 seconds left. Didn't matter. Tennessee even had a 10-point lead against them. The, the 49ers, they were up by 10 with seven and a half to go. Didn't matter. The only team that's been able to take them down was a team led by Tom Brady, where Brady went toe-to-toe with Mahomes, and it was phenomenal in that AFC Championship game, and then Brady with the Bucks in the Super Bowl. So I've lived this where I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to be as dominant as the Patriots have been for the last 20 years, but when you are the team that everyone's hunting, when you are not perfect, people try to knock you off your throne, and they try to put the demise ahead of you actually bottoming out or you actually not getting there. And if you look around the AFC, there's been no team that I've been able to consistently latch onto, and we're only five weeks into the season. And that's why when I sit here and I examine the Chiefs, I go, if you're still telling me there's a chance, that's the team that I'll live and die with in terms of getting to the Super Bowl this year out of the AFC. Let me ask you this right now. Stu and, and Samter, out of all the teams in the AFC, who's the best team in the AFC? Who's the team that you trust the most to get to the Super Bowl? I don't think there's really a question. I think it's the Chiefs and everybody else. I mean, the Chiefs are what they've always been. And, you know, they're always, throughout the regular season, they're always going to have a couple hiccups, a couple bumps in the road, and everyone's going to doubt them here or there. But, like, when it comes down to it, the Chiefs are the most elite team day, week in and week out. The Dolphins, they look great on paper, but their defense can't stop anybody. They need Jalen Phillips back in a big one. The Bills look great one week, and then they fall flat the next week. And, and there's no middle part. Like, in the no. NFL, there's sometimes you win ugly, and that's fine. The Bills either hum, and they're like, oh, my God, this is the Buffalo Bills. Circle the wagons. Here come the Bills. Or they just fall flat on your face, and, and, and you say, how the heck is an offense with this much talent that anemic at sometimes? It's kind of crazy. It makes no sense. And then nobody in the NFC North can you really trust. Just when you think that Lamar and the Ravens are pulling away, they don't. Just when you think the Steelers' offense sucks, they come through. Well, uh, the Steelers' offense isn't good. That game was sure. over 5,000 times yesterday. And I know Pickett finds Pickens for the big score, but that offense was was one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. But the defense is good seen. enough that, defense they can, is great. that they can make do with how good the offense has been. But like any one of those teams in the North, just when you count them out, they play well. Just when you think that they're great, they come back down to earth. The Jaguars, we have no idea about. Yeah. Right? And the Chargers, I'll never trust Justin Herbert, I don't think. No, no, I'll trust Herbert. I won't trust Staley. Yeah, but there's something about Herbert. Just when like things matter, like he makes plays, but there's just something missing. It's like that Dan Marino effect. Like he's always great, just like in those singular moments or something about Herbert that's missing and I can't place it. Uh, it's just it's the Chiefs. There's the fewest question marks and the most consistency and the history of winning. Stu? I agree with both you guys. It's the Chiefs. Um, Mahomes is the best quarterback. Reed's the best coach in the AFC. I just, if you gave me the field of the Chiefs to win the AFC, I'd probably still pick the Chiefs, even though there are a lot of options that maybe could sneak up and win the conference, but it's still the Chiefs that I think are going to win it. Man, we just had three people on a radio show agree on the same thing? Uh, if we worked for another network, we would all have to just yell and and disagree when we don't actually believe it and do some contrived radio. But that's what we do here at CBS Sports Radio. We give you our genuine opinions. All righty, we'll take a break. We'll come on back. We'll teach you some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. We call that segment the News Brief. It is the Zach Gelb Show right here. But where else? CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. So how about this surprise? Jonathan Taylor, out of nowhere, gets a three-year contract extension with the Indianapolis Colts worth about $14 million a year. You know, there was some talk show host here on CBS Sports Radio that went after the Colts and said, it's ridiculous what they're doing to Jonathan Taylor, and they should offer him about $14 million a year. I said over four years and I threw the guarantee anywhere between 26 to 28 million. You know, this mess, if they, Jim Irsay just listened to me, could have all been avoided because it's really about the guaranteed money. And where the guaranteed money was, this is basically like a two year deal, regardless of what the years are, where you look at the value of what Jonathan Taylor brings to a football team. So this deal is over. This problem is over. Now, Jonathan Taylor off the pup, played with the Colts yesterday, didn't play well. But Jonathan Taylor was asked if this is a win for all running backs with his contract. This is a win for running backs as far as like where you all are viewed, the value you all have, people saying you're replaceable, things like that. I definitely think it is. Anytime a running back can go out there and perform but also um, have some security, it just shows that running backs are essential. I mean, you guys saw today, <laughs> Zach, Zach Moss, like just being able to, to lean on him in order to come out with the win. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. You were so close to just giving the company line here for running backs. And then you go, oh, just look at Zach Moss. Running backs are essential. That's why owners don't want to pay you. Because if you look at the teams that have won Super Bowls the last decade, every team but the Seattle Seahawks have been running back by committee. You know, you can't even really name some of the running backs that won with Philadelphia or with New England or you go around Tampa Bay, Kansas City, it's running back by committee. So when you say, yeah, just look how essential running backs are, Zach Moss, that takes away from your importance, even though you're being a good teammate there. Zach Moss yesterday had 70, uh, 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns. A guy like Zach Moss shows you why you don't have to overcompensate a running back. It just depends on the position you're in. And for Jonathan Taylor, when you think of the Colts, that's the first guy that you think of. The Colts needed to pay Jonathan Taylor, and it made a lot of sense to pay Jonathan Taylor because he's still young, and once again, you could dress up these contracts with guaranteed money and just throw years on them, 
And it doesn't really matter what the years are. It only matters what the guaranteed money is. And for two years where the guaranteed money is, I'm okay to risk giving Jonathan Taylor another year because I could get out of it after two years and be fine with only paying him about $14 million a year through the first two years of the contract. Let's listen up to Bill Belichick. So that's what I like to do. I don't listen to Bill Belichick press conferences anymore because I've heard so much of Bill Belichick where I think I know how Bill Belichick operates. So he was asked, what do they do now? I think he will answer the question like this. You know, we'll uh, go back and uh, we'll study the tape and, you know, everyone's got to be better and we got to do our job and it starts with me on the football field and uh, we didn't do anything well and uh, we just got to get better. He just got to get better. He just got to get better. Let's hear from Bill Belichick. Let's see if I got it right. And just plain and simply, we got to find a way to, you know, play and coach better than that. And so let's go and do it. start all over and uh, get back on a better track than we're on right now. What what does that entail, starting over? <laughs> starting over. <laughs> you can never get a good follow-up question on Bill Belichick. Because whatever he says, whatever the follow-up question is, which is a fair follow-up, like, what do you need to get better at? Like, what do you need to start over? How do you do that? He'll just say, you know, he's got to get better. And, uh, starting over. We just got to start over. Start over. Come on, still, just start over. Starting over. Here is Dak Prescott admitting that the Cowboys got punched in the mouth last night. Yeah, I guess that, that's a good word in a sense. Um, didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. So this loss is actually worse than the Arizona loss. And I know that you could sit back and go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Arizona stinks. The 49ers are maybe the best team in the NFL. Games like that with superior teams against the Cardinals who are inferior happen, where you don't get up for the game. But the Cowboy fan was naive enough to think that this could be their year. And when you get dismantled, like the way that they did up against the Dallas Cowboys, it's just more embarrassing because it just shows you that you're nowhere actually close to going where you have been since the 1995 season. And that's either in an NFC title game or a Super Bowl. Let's go to Robert Sala, who made it clear that winning for Nathaniel Hackett was absolutely great after all the nonsense he had to put up with with Sean Payton's comments from earlier in the year where Sean Payton said Nathaniel Hackett's job and time as the head coach of the Broncos is maybe one of the worst head coaching jobs he's ever seen in the NFL. It was a special game for Hack, obviously being here a year ago. Uh, racked up over 400 yards on him, uh, put up 31 points, so I'm happy for him. They should be. I love that they downplay it before the game. And C.J. Uzama comes out before the game after the entire week where they tried to downplay it, and he's like, bleep them, bleep their coach, let's go win this game for Hack, and then afterwards the true colors do show, where the Jets were clearly annoyed. But that's amazing to me how teams won't admit their true feelings before games when it was so obvious here between the Jets and the Broncos. So good for Nathaniel Hackett and good for the Jets. And Sean Payton got some humble pie. Here is Sean Payton, though, after the game, saying his comments didn't impact the game. Listen, they played better than us. And I credit, you know, Robert and that staff. They won the game. Um, and I think that's that's how I look at it. Coach, do you regret, though, those comments, making those comments? Is I, I, already, I already addressed that, though. And it's a fair question. But I think we already addressed that the, the next day. That's just saying words and trying to dance around the topic there. That's pretty lame by Sean. 
You know what it reminds me of? It, remember a few years ago before Clemson was about to play Ohio State in the playoff and Dabo Sweeney did the coaches poll and he put Ohio State like outside the top 10. Now, it's not the reason why Ohio State won the game, but it provides a little extra fuel to the fire there and unnecessary fuel to the fire that gets other players, you know, that are on the receiving end of those comments just a little up for the football game. Here is Stephon Diggs on his blow up on the sideline uh, when the Buffalo Bills were losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. I went on the field and I was just, you know, echoing sense of urgency. Get out of the huddle. Let's 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 have that mindset. You know, we have it in practice and we try to build off of it in the game. You know what I'm saying it's supposed to be easier. You know I'm saying you work hard in practice and you it's the carryover. It's supposed to be all right, you go have fun now. Here's the concerning part about that, though. A week ago. You saw Stephon Diggs be happy, go for three touchdowns, and the Bills blow blow out the Dolphins. Then a week later, right after all that positive momentum, the entire team doesn't show up, and I expect him to be frustrated, but Stephon Diggs gets treated differently with how ugly it was before the start of the season. That's still something that I'm monitoring, and it's really on a week-to-week basis where I don't know what mood Stephon Diggs is going to show up in, And when does it eventually impact the team in a horrible way or in a bad way and it becomes a detriment? We all know Diggs is one of the better receivers in the league and he's essential for Buffalo. I understand on the sidelines, things happen that we sometimes make a bigger deal than what it is, but it was the Bills who made a bigger deal than what this needed to be before the start of the season when Diggs, Josh Allen, and also Sean McDermott got into it right at the start of mandatory minicamp. All right, and finally, here is P.J. Fleck. The coach of uh, Minnesota like to thank I had a free bet this weekend of $100. So I threw it all on Michigan, laying the 18 and a half points. I wasn't confident with Mr. Uh, P.J. Fleck rowing his boat against this great Michigan team. And P.J. Fleck had nothing but praise for the Michigan Wolverines after their bad performance up against Michigan, his Minnesota team. They're as good as advertised. I think they're the best football team I've seen in 11 years of being head coach. I've never seen a football team like that, that deep. They traveled 75 people and maybe played like 74 of them. They're one of the deepest teams, one of the best teams, one of the biggest teams, fastest teams, strongest teams, and they do not make mistakes. They are truly like a boa constrictor, and they they do not beat themselves. Now, Michigan hasn't played anyone yet, but you could only play who's on your schedule that you do create. And you see the way that they've dominated the last two weeks. Michigan, the last two years, had the best offensive line in the country, and they still get better. Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards are sensational. Roman Wilson's really good. Colston Loveland's really good as wide receivers. Cornelius Johnson, I think J.J. McCarthy's going to have a big season. And Sandstrom on the defensive end is a phenomenal player. Michigan will have two real games before they get in the college football playoff. That's against Ohio State and Penn State. And for Georgia, maybe their first real game is the, the SEC championship game. But you saw for Georgia, them just take it to Kentucky, who came off a big win where they dominated Florida. And Georgia didn't even make that a game uh, against the Kentucky Wildcats, so they blew them right off the field. And uh, you look at those two teams, you only go up against what is on your schedule. Georgia and Michigan, the two best teams in college football, will see when they go up against better opponents, though, how they do fare. That's the news brief. It is the Zach Gelb Show right here on CBS Sports Radio. Let me quickly go back to the phones, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Joel uh, in Texas next up on CBS Sports Radio. Joel, what's happening? How are you doing today? Doing great. What do you got? Well, it's just Dallas just needs a new uh, coach. I'm just sorry. Uh, are you a Cowboys fan? Rogers just wondering. Get along with McCarthy, and there's no 
no creative uh, genius minds there. If you don't do what Jerry Jones saying, that's why that cannot play the way he can play. That's why I guess McCarthy cannot coach the way he can coach because uh, they are controlled by Jerry Jones. Wait, 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 Joel, 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 Joel. Are you a Cowboys fan? Just wonder. I'm trying to be. So, so you are a Cowboys fan. I understand Jerry Jones. He brings it upon himself to make him an easy target, and ultimately, he's responsible for the product on the field. They have enough talent. Mike McCarthy is a good enough coach. They just this organization just does not show up in a big spot. I can't even pinpoint one. One specific area that I go, that is is by far and away the biggest problem in that organization because the quarterback's a definition of a good, not great quarterback. Tony Pollard was nowhere to be found in the game last night, and this defense just showed you, you know, they could go dominate these inferior teams when they go up against a superior team. They're not as great as, as what we thought. The Cowboys are just stuck in being a good team but not a great team, and last night was just an absolute joke where I can't even just pinpoint – Oh, it's more of this than that. The entire organization is just stuck in like 10, 11 wins, and they're not going to go anywhere close to a Super Bowl. Well, that's just called uh, not preparing a, a good talent uh, to play on the field against anyone. They, they, they're just not uh, prepared. I'm, I'm just sorry to tell you that. I don't agree with you. Yes, they have talent, but you can have talent, but if you don't have the right leadership, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but then I could just easily argue that last year they were right in it against the 49ers, and then Dak just vomited and, and puked away that okay, game, look, did he okay, not? Look, I mean, look look at the last play they did against the game in the 49ers. That was a joke. That was an embarrassment. I would have fired McCarthy and Kellen. What, uh, last year? Call that kind of play at the end of the game. That's oh, an embarrassment. Okay, but how about Dak fumbling the football and Dak throwing interceptions last year in the playoffs? Once Tony Pollard went down... Dak looked like he was an average quarterback at best in that postseason game. There's so many things that you could crush with the Cowboys after last night or things that haven't gone right the last few years, but this team's won 12 games in back-to-back seasons. Ultimately, the franchise quarterback that's getting paid $40 million, he's got to go get the job done. I'm not pinpointing last night all on Dak, but the last two years, I know two years ago you could crush the play calling. Dak couldn't even get the ball snapped. And then the year after that, Man, that defense did everything to try to go get a victory, and Dak just kept on giving the game back to the 49ers. Let's go to Gary in New York. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Gary, what's happening? All right, and first, hail Columbus. Uh, big, I'm a big Giant fan and uh, really disappointed about this team is working out. I didn't like, you know, what I call him Brian the Bull one, you know, kind of getting in – of Daniel Jones' face the last couple of weeks. I didn't like that at all. Before. Why? The quarterback made dumb decisions. Uh, he made dumb decisions. But sometimes when the game speeds up to the point where the offensive line is no longer effective, I mean, why don't they just not use a, hell, Columbus, go Buchanan, go, go Buchanan, go, go Buchanan. Yeah, Gary, man. You gotta, if you're going to prank phone call like a radio show, you got to just like have a better prank there. Like That's just like horrible. It really is. Like, it doesn't, like, I'm not laughing at your joke. I'm laughing at how poorly of a performance you had. Like, the Giants' offensive line may perform better than Gary in New York. Right? Like, that was just terrible, Gary. You're, you, you look like you're the worst caller I've ever heard. B 
be a little bit better there, Gary, if you're going to prank phone call a radio show. And we knew you were horrible right from the start. And I'm like, all right, let's entertain this. Let's see where he goes. And he starts to talk the offensive line. And then you just repeat yourself. That was a, a broken record player just spinning over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, stop the song. Now, I, I maybe need to pay Gary in New York a visit after this show. I may have to take him out for dinner to try to uplift his spirits a little bit. Because if you call with that nonsense and that crap, geez Louise. Like, I've been pranked before. At least be creative. I once had a, a caller say nasty things about my mother. It was funny. I at least laughed at it. Gary, you didn't even make me chuckle outside of just laughing at how bad of a phone call that was. All righty. I'll do the mic, Francesa. Now, we're not going to uh, give that clown any attention. I'm you know, not going to pay attention. It, it, it didn't even make the end. Okay, okay, okay. We'll take a break. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, we will come on back. We'll give you three college football takes from this past weekend. First up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update. Here is the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We'll get to three college football takes in just a second. But here's why I appreciate Samter. Because when he takes an L, he gets, like, stubborn Samter, where he goes, oh, who's this talk show host that I work with that has no clue what he's talking about? I got to try to show that I'm actually right, and I got to go to the public. So I'm perusing Twitter during the break, and I see that CBS Sports Radio put out a poll question. How do you like your buffalo wings? Wings only, no boneless? Boneless only, no wings. Both are great. Now, Samter, I'm assuming by your commentary, you're trying to show the point here that it's both are great is going to end up winning this poll question. Correct, Amunda? No, my point is that, well, partly, but (laughs) the main point is to show that people appreciate boneless. And if you combine the boneless only and the both are great, that's 49%. It's basically what polls are you looking at? I don't accept the results of your election. It's 51% of my computer right now. Wings only, no boneless. Right. 51% wings only, no boneless. The other side is 49% saying either hey, boneless only or boneless. If you merge the two together, yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is that people, Different appreciate, people appreciate boneless is what I'm trying to tell you. Right. Mm. So 51% don't appreciate boneless. 49% appreciate boneless. That's all that matters. Boneless is legit. It's basically 50-50 and this is going to continue to go though. my way. It's not, because boneless only no wings is 10.2%. But I never say anything negative about wings. I just said that boneless counts, right? So there are people, 10%, who love boneless, and then there are 39% who love boneless and wings. Now, so I'm therefore, not great there at math. are 49% who love boneless. I'm not great at math. I took one math class in college. But you're trying to tell me here in, in, in this math that you threw out there that 2 plus 2 
is equaling six. And we all know it does not equal six. It equals four. You're massaging this one. You're massaging the truth a little bit. So here's my question. People who say boneless only and no wings, do they like boneless wings? Yes. But okay. They, but, People but who say on. both boneless and no, no. wings are great. Do they like boneless? Y- yes. But, so but here's, what, here's what you're not getting. 49% say that boneless wings are legitimate. But then there's 10% that are like, we hate a, a bone-in wing. And and that is a different conversation but than the both are great. my argument was never against bone-in wing. Or my uh, argument was never against boneless versus bone-in. My only uh, argument was that boneless wings are legit. And anybody who knocks boneless wings, I just don't understand. Stretching the truth here a little bit. That's, stretching the truth. That's not stretching. That is the legitimate truth. And, and, and answer this question 49% for me. 49% say that they like boneless wings. Answer answer the question here for me. What What is the, the, the lead and the lead choice here? Sure. How, how are the wings prepared? Sure. Just say the words. Wings only are is in the lead. Yes. However, Bone in wings. It Actual is basically wings. 50-50. Not dino nuggets. Basically 50-50. It's not. It's there, 51-49. There That's as close to 50-50 as you can get. Yeah, and if I put two options compared to three, you know, uh, two, two against one, that's not a fair game. That's what you're doing here. You're playing two against one basketball, and guess what? Be like if you and Stu played me in basketball. You were like, oh, it's two against one. That's not fair. And then I dunk on both of your asses and win the game. Guess what? I still win. You lose. That's what's happening right here. This isn't two against one. Both are great. Counts for both. <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's get to three college football takes right now. I still can't believe that this happened. Now, Mario Cristobal, who I think is a good coach, or used to think he was a good coach, and I was a big fan of him uh, and I wanted to coach Temple back in like 2012. He had this game won. It was over. Third and 10, you take a kneel down with 33 seconds left, and the clock runs out. Instead, he ran the football. Miami fumbles the football. So you're like, oh, you fumble the football. Stupid decision. But Georgia still needed to go get into field goal range. And they ended up going 75 yards, four plays in 25 seconds. And they score a touchdown and they win the game 23-20. to 20. Here is uh, Mario Cristobal after the game explaining his idiotic decision. You know, when the drive started, it was going to be at 157, you know, and um, we could burn about 127 off and then it was recalibrated. Um, I should have taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough. Just should have told him to take any in. That's it. Fumbled the ball at 25 and they went 75 yards in two plays, so... No excuse. Coach, let me just give you some PR advice there. Because you had like a long buildup to actually get into the, the meat of the answer. Just say from the start, I'm an idiot. I messed up. Horrible. Will never happen again. And people are more inclined to forgive you. Uh, but I, I can't believe that he did that. What he did was he snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. That game was over. That game was done. And that's a horrible loss for Miami against a bad Georgia Tech team who just brought in a new coach. Also, let's hear from Jimbo Fisher. This may be the dumbest thing I've heard all weekend. So it's 17-17. to Momentum has shifted back to Alabama. It's fourth and one. And they're at like the 45. And Jimbo Fisher said, yeah, I'm going to punt the football. Losing mentality. And Jimbo said, if it was fourth and inches, 
we uh, probably would have gone for it. Here's Jimbo. We had a third and two, and then we went to a fourth and one. I said, if it had been a, wasn't a full yard, inside a yard, it probably went. We just went. We didn't get it. So I said, listen, we can pin them back. Our punter does a great job. Unfortunately, that's the one he kicked just a little bit long. They got it at the 20, but it was a tie game. And I felt our defense had played great the whole time, and I thought they would, you know, we'd get the ball back and, and play. Jimbo Fisher is the most overrated coach of the country. Jimbo Fisher is John Gruden, where he won one championship, and then ever since then just continues to underachieve. And last year they went five and seven with all that money that they they spend to pay for players, which I'm fine with. And then this year you lose to Miami, where Miami just dominated you in the second half. Miami just lost to Georgia Tech, so that's not even a good win. And then you have Alabama on the ropes, a game that you're in control, and you got conservative. And then afterwards, you know that you were in the wrong, but you then have the jackassery response of, yeah, if it was fourth and inches, we probably would have gone for it, but fourth and one, no. That's too long. Give me a break. That's horrible. Jimbo Fisher, he should be thanking that there's $70 million after this season attached to his contract that the university owes him either way, or else he probably would have already been fired. It's just how expensive the buyout is, why he keeps on getting an opportunity to be the head coach of the A&M Aggies. Um, Texas A&M Aggies. Finally, Oklahoma. They made the biggest statement of the weekend. They beat Texas. Now you have Brent Venables, difference a year makes, where last year the defense was horrible. Uh, they were below 500 this year now. They're undefeated at 6-0. and Dylan Gabriel has asserted himself into the Heisman Trophy conversation. Brent Venables asserted himself to coach the year conversation. And you look at that Oklahoma schedule where that game was back and forth, back and forth between Oklahoma and Texas. And then it's looking like Texas is going to win the game. And Sark got conservative. They settled for the field goal. And Oklahoma goes right down the field, just like how Georgia Tech went right down the field up against Miami. Tell me where Oklahoma's losing a game the rest of the regular season. They play UCF, they play Kansas, they play Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, and TCU. They will be a favorite in every game the rest of the season, and they should get to the Big 12 championship game. They should win the Big 12, but you look at the take from yesterday, Venables and Dylan Gabriel are now in a conversation and on pace to win the highest awards in this country at their respective positions. Heisman Trophy for players, and then also... Um, you do have Brent Venables up for Coach of the Year. They'll both be finalists for those awards, and we'll see if they can get the job done. Coming on back, Zach Gilb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We'll do a little no-huddle offense next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 